but we'll get some on sports guys is brought to you by semisbatteries.com as always the go-to website for all your battery needs semis batteries carries a full line of super heavy duty ultra alkaline lithium and button cell batteries semis batteries compare them quality to well-known national brands and the best part semis batteries are priced much lower than their competitors flashlights remote controls game controls headphones dual cameras hearing aids smoke arms whatever device you need a battery for semis batteries has the best batteries at the best price for your device you can order a 24-pack of AA or AAA heavy-duty batteries for only $5.99 or a 24-pack of Ultra Outline ideal for all kinds of gaming and high-tech devices at just $12.99. Order today and use coupon code BOSTON, that's coupon code BOSTON, all uppercase at checkout, and save 20% off your entire order. That's coupon code BOSTON, all uppercase at checkout, and save big today. Semixbatteries.com, C-E-L-L-M-A-X Batteries.com, the official sponsor of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys. Alright, welcome back to another episode of the Wicked Smart Sports Guys podcast. Thanks as always to Dolly Dreams for the intro music. This week we're going to get into a few topics. I want to start with kind of the news of the day in Boston. It's been floating around on the internet. Kyrie Irving challenging Kemba Walker to a 1v1 of sorts. Now if you didn't see the clip, he went on Instagram Live uh, with, uh, with another person. I'm not sure who the other person he was on Instagram Live with was, but he came on his Instagram Live and they started talking about the fact that Kyrie apparently had said previously, or the guy had heard that Kyrie Irving had said he wanted a 1v1. A number of people, Kemba Walker being on that list, and was kind of the the topic of conversation, the main focus of the guys who wanted to go 1v1 at. And I guess it kind of related back to Kyrie Irving playing these guys 1v1 when he was younger and wanting another crack at them. Uh, and, you know, I'll start it off by saying this. A lot of people have made this point, uh, and they've used this to kind of bash Kyrie in terms of he wants to play 1v1 he doesn't want to play a team game because Kyrie shown to not be the best team player so especially you know with Boston in the past and now this year with Brooklyn things haven't gone as well as they could have and if I had to pick sure I'd pick Kyrie Irving to win a 1v1 game against Kemba Walker he's just a better superior player superior talent you're talking about a guy that was number one overall pick more all-star games more accolades than Kemba Walker has, so he'd be the guy you'd pick at Ed. I'm, I'm not saying Kemba couldn't win. Kemba has outplayed Kyrie Irving on a number of occasions, and we've seen that firsthand. I guess what I wonder is whether or not Kyrie knows what he's doing. I, I mean, he knows that Boston fans don't like him. He doesn't have a good relationship with Boston fans for obvious reasons, and he brings up wanting to 1v1 their star point guard. Why? Why do that to yourself? You know that it's going to create this kind of stern in Boston and people coming at you again, which this has always been Kyrie's problem. On the one hand, he wants to be the star. He wants his own team. But then he gets it and he doesn't like the attention he's getting. He doesn't like the pressure. And so this is the same thing again. He wants to be in the spotlight. He wants to talk about, yeah, I want a 1v1 Kemper Walker. And then people stir it up and people get angry about it. And people start debating it. And then he gets upset about it. So I sit here and I ask myself, does he know that he's poking the bear here? Does he want to purposely prod Boston fans and that's why he's bringing up Kemba Walker? Or is he just oblivious as to how people are going to react to him saying that? I can't believe anyone would be that clueless. And this has always been the thing with Kyrie. He's kind of two-faced. And he has two sides of Kyrie. Sometimes he seems like a smart, eloquent guy. And then other times he says stuff where like you think the earth is flat and people kind of rag on him. And it's hard to know, is this guy intelligent or is he not? And then he comes out and he's so supportive of being a Boston Celtic. And then he's so like distant and he doesn't seem like he wants to be here. And it's it's 
to the two sides of Kyrie Irving fighting against each other. And that's always what it is. And always what it will be, apparently, with him. So, the other part of me wonders whether people will ever get tired of talking about it. I'm not naive to the fact that anytime Kyrie Irving's name gets brought up in Boston for the rest of time, it's going to strike a chord with a lot of people. It's going to bring up some unwanted feelings. People have a lot of resentment towards Kyrie. And that's unavoidable. I know it annoys some people how much people talk about him. But when people feel the kind of betrayal that they felt with Kyrie leaving a team they love, going back on his word, treating the city and his teammates the way he did, even though his teammates don't seem to hold much resentment towards him, it's natural you're not going to like that guy. And it's natural that you're going to voice that. But I do wonder if it's ever going to get to a point where he's going to say stuff like this and people aren't going to react. And I think that there's a good segment of fans in Boston that wish it would be like that now, that don't want to talk about it, want to focus on the team, want to enjoy the fact that they have a really good team now, they have Kemba Walker, they have Jason Tatum, things are going well, it seemingly that whole Kyrie thing didn't derail them the way I think a lot of people might have thought it would have. They've stayed on a championship path, and really there is no reason to talk about it other than if you just want to bury Kyrie, and a lot of fans want to do that. But this is going to go on forever. Like I said, this is just who Kyrie Irving is always going to be. He's always going to say something that's going to upset people. He's done that his entire career. He's said controversial things that have stirred things up. He's had feuds with teammates. He's had departures that have been very dramatic. Kyrie Irving is going to be living in a soap opera of his own construction for his entire life. And Boston fans are going to have to decide how involved they want to be in that. If you ask me, it's starting to get a little repetitive and a little tired. And honestly, I think there's part of Kyrie that just likes the attention. If you want to continue to bash Kyrie and get upset every time he says something or does something that's annoying or controversial, then be my guest. Go ahead. I Like I said, I'm not going to judge anyone for feeling that resentment that they feel towards him, but I think you'd be far better off spending more of your energy on something positive rather than than a guy like that. I will say I'd, I'd love this to happen. Anything to get some sort of basketball back on the court, back in our lives. If a 1v1 tournament is all they can do for a little while, make it happen. Let's watch it. It'll be entertaining. But as far as the rest of it, it's just getting kind of old. The other leagues need to get back quick because right now, really, all anybody has to talk about is the NFL. And I think that that's a good thing for the NFL. You know, not to turn this whole situation into something it's not I'm not no one's gonna argue this is positive for anybody but right now the NFL is able to carry on pretty much how they usually would and they're all anybody really has to talk about and as far as anything normal goes I mean people get to talk about the draft people talk about free agency moves people talk about other things happening in the NFL I mean the schedule being released opens up all types of things for people to talk about and it's all that's really front of mind right now and these other leagues if for no other reason other than business. You can forget all the other aspects of why they want to come back. But that competition that's there for all these leagues for attention, the NFL is winning right now by a lot. And these other leagues, I think they know it. So, yeah, they, they definitely need to find a way to come back. I did write a piece just a few days ago on the NFL the schedule being released. I decided to do some bold predictions for the season because that's all there's to talk about. Now that the schedule was released, we could look at it a little bit and give us a, a clear outlook on, on the uh, you know what what team's going to be like this season. And I did four bold predictions for the season. One of them I'll touch on is that the Patriots will probably be under 500. And, you know, unlike a lot of people, I think the AFC East might actually be pretty good this year. You know, the Jets, 
They went 6-2 and two in their last eight games, and the first half of the season, Sam Darnold was struggling with mono, so you think he comes back, you have Le'Veon Bell for the whole season, you have that tackle they drafted in the first round, that offense has improved, Adam Gase is there for another year, everybody's a little more comfortable in that situation, there was a lot new there in New York, and there was a lot of things that derailed their season last year between Darnold being sick and whatever riff Gase and Bell had, hopefully they're over that for their sake, and... I think they're going to be pretty good. I think Miami improved late in the season. They brought in a lot of extra talent with Byron Jones, Kyle Van Noy. I think they're going to be better. The Bills obviously made the playoffs last year. So I actually think the AFC East is going to be pretty good. The records might not reflect it, though, because just like the Patriots, everybody in the AFC East is going to have a tough schedule this year. Everybody in the AFC East is playing the Chiefs. Everybody's playing the NFC West, which is the best division in football. Has four teams, I think, that could compete for the playoffs. You're talking about the Cardinals, the Seahawks, the Rams, and the 49ers. And for the Patriots, it's a drastic shift from last season where they they came into the season with the second easiest schedule by opponent winning percentage from the previous season in the league. And next season, they're going to have the toughest. So I just think New England's in a really tough spot. I think people, for the most part, want to kind of brush it off and say they're the Patriots, they have Bill Belichick. This, this stuff isn't going to really affect them, when in reality, the fact that you're losing so many pieces, never mind your quarterback, huge parts of your linebacking core and your defensive front end, you really need to implement that quarterback into the offense, and it changes everything. And the less time you have to get everybody comfortable with that, the worse off you're going to be. So I know that it, people aren't going to like to hear it, and people want to believe that the Patriots will win no matter what, and it won't matter, but... If anyone's being hurt by this, at least in their division, it's them more than anybody else. All the other teams have their quarterback situations carrying over from last year. Even the Dolphins are still probably going to start Ryan Fitzpatrick to start the year, and two is going to be on the bench. And the Patriots are the ones that are trying to implement a new quarterback and are switching up their offense more than any other team is. And I think they'll be really good in 2021. You know, it's it's going to be tough to have that one bad year, but they're going to have a ton of cap space. They're going to, you know, have a clearer idea of what their quarterback situation will be, whether they'll have to bring in a new guy or Judson, the guy. Uh, even if he is the guy, he's going to need some time here. Like I said, he's not going to have the benefit of these OTAs and these training camps uh, heading into the season. So he might struggle next year, but that'll benefit him in 2021 once he has that year playing time. He's going to get his OTAs hopefully next season, next uh, in 2021. So um, he'll be better suited to be really successful in that year. And they're going to have a ton of cap space to bring in all these good players. And I'm going to write about this in a couple of days. But specifically from the Chargers, they're, the Chargers are going to have some free agents. I don't know how they're going to re-sign these guys or if they're going to re-sign these guys and who they're going to franchise. But right now, Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, and Joey Bosa are all set to hit the open market. If they don't extend those guys and all three of those guys are set to hit free agency in February, they can only franchise tag one of them. And it's probably going to come down to Keenan Allen and Joey Bosa. I'm going to assume they're going to use it on Joey Bosa since he's younger. But who knows there? Who knows what the landscape is going to look like a year from now? Joey Bosa hasn't had the best relationship with the Chargers. So that's a guy that potentially could be on the market for the Patriots, someone they could bring in even if they do franchise him. Maybe they could trade for him and bring him into the team. You know, that's something that teams have done before, obviously. Jadavion Clowney going to the Seahawks a few years ago and all this stuff. So who knows? Maybe the Patriots trade for Bosa and they, you know, sign him to an extension once he gets here. I don't think that'd be a bad move. I think Joey Bosa is talented enough that you can warrant that if, hey, if you have to give up a, even a, a first or a second round pick to get your hands on a player like that and sign him to an extension, that's worth it. So 
I think a year from now, it's going to be very exciting to look at the landscape, look at who's available in free agency and who the Patriots could possibly bring in because they're going to have a lot of money to spend, and they're going to spend it. I mean, they, you know, they want to surround Jared Sidham with talent. The idea here is that you're paying Jared Sidham a low salary so that you can surround him with these great pieces and win a Super Bowl. That's the idea with paying a quarterback so low is so you can spend on the rest of the roster, and they're only going to have Jared Sidham on that low fourth-round pick contract for so long. So it's going to be exciting to see what kind of moves they're able to make in free agency next offseason. And as much as I don't think they'll be successful next season, I think they'll be really good in 2021, and I'm excited to see whether or not they can really make a push for the Super Bowl with Jared Sidham because that's the idea here is, you know, who knows what's going to happen next year, but the real time to gear up is and their real time to go after it and win a Super Bowl potentially is in 2021. All right, guys, that's going to do it for this episode of the podcast. Remember, you can follow me on Twitter at KJJLGBS. Follow the pond on Twitter at SmartPod. Check everything over at GuyBoston Sports. Check out all the articles going up on there. And thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you next week.